This week's episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by Space Wife. Space Wife. First, she was a wife. Then she went to space. And now, something's inside her. Space, space Wife. Wife. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And we are the co-authors of a silly science fiction comedy series called Prison Dad. And we're here this week to talk to you about Sidekicks. Yes. Sidekicks can steal the show, or they can just be annoying, or sometimes you're like, do they really need another character to, like, add ratings or whatever? Yeah, and sometimes they're just tokens. Yes. Like in South Park, token is literally token. token. He literally, literally, Mm -hmm. is... And sometimes they're hilarious, like Snarf. No, Snarf is not hilarious. (laughs) Snarf Snarf is anything but... Snarf! Snarf! (laughs) You just gave everyone, including myself, a headache. It's funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Headaches. Funny? Yep. Yeah, funny business. Funny. So let's talk about the most infamous sidekick of all time, to just get it out of the way. And this character has never properly been portrayed in any type of cinematic achievement at all, and it's Robin. He's yeah. never been portrayed in a really super likable manner. No, but I did like the Robin that was on the TV Batman. Yeah. He was like my first crush when I was a little kid. Aww. Yeah. Did you write him letters? Mm, no, because that was actually write filmed in now? the 1960s, and well, when yeah. I watched it, it was I the know. 80s, so I don't think there was anywhere to write him. <laughs> he would have loved a letter from a little girl. Oh, well, uh, maybe not. Yeah, that's a little awkward. But anyway, I just like <laughs> I thought he was really funny and sweet and endearing, and I liked that he just you know helped Batman out all the time, so yeah. that Batman could be you know the best Batman he could. Right, you know, you, you give up a lot as Batman. I mean, yeah. you, you, know, you know, he's not really... You don't, it's really hard to have a normal friend besides, you know, your butler, pretty much. Because yeah. he's the only one that really knows. Well, except in the new Batmans, then you had Lucian Fox, who knew about what, what he was really doing. He was a good sidekick in the new movies. Yep. Helping yeah, him out. Because Spelunking. What, what, in the last one, they introduced... Um, oh, gosh, now I can't remember his name. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. As, as Robin. Robin. But, but it was like really the last like couple seconds, and you were like, you were yeah. like, she's like, I think you should use your real name, Robin. And everyone's like, yeah, Robin! And yeah. then I thought about him like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but we never really got to see him be Robin. A lot of the problems with Robin is, is the colors. Batman is so dark, you know. Think of the Lego movie what? Batman. I only work in black and dark gray. Well, right. And then, but yeah, like, they made him, like, kind of corny. Obviously, he was wearing dark colors in the horrible uh, Chris O'Donnell version. We don't need to. Version, I but, know. We just... And there was Batgirl, too. If you listen to any of our bad. podcasts, we make fun of that movie so much, we should mm. probably not even... Yeah. We've said too much. What? No. No, that was that was not good. <laughs> So Robin is there to you know he, he lives with him he lives he yeah, lives he's in Wayne Manor to be like his best friend you know, that helps best him out. friend oh, he carries the extra stuff on the utility belt that oh, maybe sure. couldn't fit on Batman's because you, know. you know Batman doesn't have really super powers bat shark repellent yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> from the TV show it's from the, the movie, movie. Yeah. yeah with the shark jumping on him ah <laughs> oh, those shows were great Robin anyway. is is you know he, he's his best friend confident you know confidant yeah his helper yeah. You know, his, yeah, his total sidekick. Yeah, that yeah. that's good. Now, you know, so they have, like, a mutual understanding. Now, when we talk about Han and Chewie, you know, this is, like, the best bromance in all science fiction, it you really know? It really is. I just love these two together. And especially, I love, really I love the interaction between the two of them in The Force Awakens, too. He's like, I'll talk my way out of it. And Chewie goes, he's like, yes, I do, every <laughs> time. time. 
it's so funny because you know you can guess what Chewie's saying even though you can't understand him. Kind yes. of like Kenny on There's South never Park. subtitles for Chewie. Yeah, but, but he's you funny. know what he's saying. Yeah. He's funny. He like gets in the way, but everybody loves him. He's kind of like, you know, yeah, he's like a walking carpet and also like a <laughs> dog. Walking carpet like your like your man's best friend. But yeah, I mean, Chewie helps to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. He helps to bail Han out of trouble a mm-hmm. lot. Sometimes yeah. he gets hurt and then Han gets to see, seem like a little softer because he yeah. cares about Chewie, wants mm-hmm. to help him and make him feel better. Yeah, we've, we've seen that. You know, and then Han, yeah. and then Chewie also protects Han. So when Han came out of being um, trapped in the carbonite, you know, and he can't see and he's kind of like confused, like Chewie's giving him hugs and, you know, keeping him safe and... Loving him and... There's a young Han Solo movie coming out. Um, let me remember the schedule. What year is it? 2016? It's Rogue One. 2017 is episode yeah. 8. So 2019 is when... So maybe we'll see, like, the foundations of the... Of the, the Han and Chewie, like, yeah, romance. Yeah, I mean, they always assumed that one of them saved the other's life. That's what then, it's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah. to be... It's supposed to be from... Multiple people have said this. I've never really seen it anywhere that... That Chewie owes Han a life debt. But okay. I don't feel like he's, like... He's his... not constantly trying to be up in his face. About no. That. no. Yeah. Except maybe on the Life Day Christmas episode. Just kidding. That didn't happen. Oh, jeez. That's so I terrible. Like... Um, I didn't... Yeah, we just... Wow. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Chewie's probably my favorite sidekick because he reminds me of a dog, and my dogs are my sidekicks. And one of your dogs even has most of these sidekick names that yes, we're going to talk about he does. in Churchwine's Brody Chewbacca. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, look at that. Right there. <laughs> Because he's my sidekick. Yeah. And he's Sookie's, so, yeah. <laughs> should talk about Quint and, and oh, yeah, Brody Quint. and... So, so yeah, who's, to me, so... You're a Jaws aficionado, as Bro- our listeners know. Yes, I am obsessed with Jaws, and I'm so amped because they're coming out with a line of Jaws footwear this summer in, in honor of the anniversary of the film, and it's going to be covered in, in Jaws graphics and come in a bloody box that says Quint's on the outside, so... Topsiders. Now, being um, being a lawyer, I'm picturing you in like Jaws, like heels. Is this what we're talking about? They don't. No, they're Sperry Topsiders. They're just. What does that mean? Boat shoes. What? What? Okay, let's hit it. So it's like. Are they sneakers? Yeah, there you go. See, all they had to say was sneaker. Sneaker. But I'm so getting them. Getting. I don't think I can wear them to work, but I'll rock them anywhere else. Anyway, don't you like Bizcash Fry at the old Cracker Factory? But wearing, you know, wearing shoes with like bloody Jaws prints on them is probably going a little bit too far. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, to, to me, to me, so Brody to me is the hero of Jaws, but then, so his sidekicks are Hooper, who's the, um, the young, you know, scientist. Well, mm-hmm. he's like a college student essentially, but he's studying, um, marine biology yeah. and especially sharks. Right. And then Quint is also a sidekick shark. because he's the shark hunter and Quint is awesome and amazing. And then um, also Mrs. Brody, Chief Brody's wife, Ellen Brody, she's also one of his sidekicks in the movie. I don't think she's so much of a sidekick <laughs> in level of, of, of what we're I doing. Do. The, the conflict is the shark. Yeah, what but is she, she supports him and, and is there for him. Well, then in that you know? case, we could open up the door to a whole lot more sidekicks. Well, I'm but, talking about where the action's at. Fine, but I mean, well, you know, she's there when the shark attacks on the beach a couple times and she helps to get people out of the way and... You know, but mostly it's probably Quentin Hooper, um, and Hooper being probably the the essential sidekick because yeah. he's the one that survives to the end. Yeah. But um, Quentin's Spoiler pretty alert. awesome. Oh my god! If you haven't seen Jaws, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I it love came busting out when my on parents Got married, so that just shows you. I was how listening long to some older older podcast last week <laughs> just to like you know remember like stuff that you know so we didn't like talk about stuff two or three times, and I 
I, I say that all the time, and you're like, come on, if you haven't seen Alien yet, knock it off. So yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. It's going to be my running joke. Okay. FYI. Good luck with that. Anyway, so I would say that <laughs> Hooper makes Brody brave because Brody is terrified of the water and the ocean. He knows nothing about sharks. He's a new cop on the island, and he's just trying to sort of get his bearings, trying to get his family settled. And then the shark attacks, and he has no idea how to handle any of it. And, and Hooper's confident and brave, and he knows all about sharks, and he will jump in the water in his in his cage and, and you know, try to tackle this monster with Brody. And I think he really keeps him brave and keeps him you know, keeps the knowledge flowing. Um, the man goes into cage, the cage goes into the water, the shark's, shark's in the water, water. our shark. Farewell and adieu. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to stop reading that. Yeah, yeah, otherwise, <laughs> maybe we'll do that on like 4th of July. <laughs> Jaws, a one-woman show by Kristen Kist at the Winter Garden Theater. Exactly. That's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Star Trek wise, I I think that the the you know bromance or sidekick, whatever you want to talk about, is um is definitely is the Kirk and Spock. I really? think Kirk relies on Spock, you know, for for everything. He's the first mate of the ship and mm-hmm. science officer, and he's like Spock. What do you think? You know, to, to, to everything. I don't feel like JLP and Riker have that dynamic because Riker's like. I bet you there's ladies I can bang on that planet. And JLP's like, go sit down. Because Riker always prevented... <laughs> I was talking about this with somebody. That Riker always... Pre- or J- he, oh, yeah. One more time. Riker always prevented JLP from going down the away missions. Because Riker wouldn't be the first one to bang what was ever down there. Probably. Yes! Mm-hmm. Yes! JLP's too refined. He didn't need to be sticking it in everywhere he went. You know. You know, he... He's he, like, listen. He had a lot more standards than Riker. Let's just put <laughs> <Yeah>. it that way. <laughs> Kirk, Captain Kirk, Kirk yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> didn't care what it is. Um, Spock, though, I see Spock as you know, you know, a confident sidekick. You know, he can definitely steal the show when when need be. Um, but what I thought was interesting in the reboot was, you know, you had Spock wanting to captain the ship and take control and throwing Kirk off the the planet. But then when Kirk eventually saves the day. Spock kind of like pledges his life to him in the in the first reboot movie, and that was not something we never really saw in the original series. And you know, there's so many conflicted views about the reboot and stuff like that. And I liked it. I don't care. I think that that would that kind of like defined a friendship in some in some ways. Yeah. So that was that was definitely. I like that Spock is like sort of really introspective and like logical. smart and and logical and peaceful, uh-huh. and Kirk is so action driven. Yeah. And, you know. Excited. Kirk just wants to jump, yeah, jump out of his seat and stick it in. I mean, and uh, Spock's like, "Hey, maybe we don't need to do. All right, you're gonna do it. Let me figure out how to get you out of this one." (laughs) (laughs) So you can't talk about sidekicks without thinking of the word companion, and we think of companion. Obviously, Doctor Who has had more sidekicks than anybody else. We're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So uh, my my favorite uh, sidekick was definitely Rose uh, out of the the newer episodes mm-hmm. uh, of Doctor Who like Rose to me was like you know it was a ab- there was so much about Rose more so than Donna or or anybody else I just felt like like you know and Claire and I just feel like like Rose was so center and it was so sad when they sent her to the parallel universe and I I, I really liked Rose and they brought her back obviously too and then like someone uh Sam 
posted this on, on Facebook saying, like, you know, Donna was the best companion. And then I was like, oh, you know, I was like Rose. And, like, everybody under that was like, ah, oh, Rose is worthless, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. I, I really like Rose. Going on over there. So, you know, we could spend the entire podcast talking about Rose. But considering the fact that we have about, or I'm sorry, talking about Doctor Who. Say the fact that we have about 20 things to go through here. Let's speed it up a little bit. Yep. I'm just going to jump in with one that we didn't put on our, what was uh, that? our master list is um, Buffy, who oh, has yeah. Xander and Willow. And I love Buffy. Buffy. I think she's amazing and so brave, but she wouldn't be able to do what she did if she didn't have Xander and Willow to back her up. So Xander, obviously, is comic relief. He's just kind of goofy and gets in the way, but he also loves Buffy and wants to keep her safe. And Willow becomes a brilliant witch, and so she She's able to support Buffy by delving into magic. And, good, and good, great, solving, yeah. Solving, solving. Because we don't, want to, we don't have Firefly on our list either. Because Mal, you know, everyone, all of Mal's crew is is a sidekick. In my opinion. like, everyone has. Yeah. It's such a small crew. Everyone has their specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it comes, you know, Kaylee with the ship and Jane with the guns, and you know, obviously, you know, Wash and and everybody. I can't think of Gina Torres' name is driving me nuts. Yeah, what I can does this happen to me? Too, and I can't remember her name either. Zoe. Oh. Zoe is the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe is the the one he can confine in, and he can, he you know, and will save him, and and time and time again. And, yeah. and Zoe is I'm, is a great sidekick. We're not going to talk about The Walking Dead because Rick's sidekicks are no good. <laughs> no. Let's skip The Walking Dead Except this week. Arrow, but. but we should talk about Arrow because the thing that uh, is interesting to me about Arrow is that. You know, I feel like there's there's him, and then I feel like everybody's sidekick, and everybody has to go through him. And I don't know if it's a controlling thing or they just rely on his trust. Mm-hmm. But as far as like you know, Speedy and Arsenal, you know, you know Black Canary and White Canary, you got um, a lot of dudes. Pour some out. They're all they're all girls except for Arsenal. I named so far. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. you got Diggle, and. Um, his last name, but he became the first sidekick really because he was his bodyguard mm-hmm. in this in the in the TV ap- adaptation. Because you know you have Diggle and you have him as like the only bodyguard that they could hire for for him that he didn't outsmart. Mm-hmm. So and then you know fighting fighting crime. So Arrow is you know definitely you know it's a team, but I really feel like it's a super sidekick festivities. Should we move on? Sure. So in the comic book for Captain America, we know that Bucky was, Bucky! you know, the like kind of like soldier. Bucky was was Cap's Robin in the in the comics at right. a young age. Now he's just his BFF. It's yeah, kind of kind of cool head. how they, they. Yeah, well, yeah. Man, well, we're crazy. so amped. We're going to see Civil War. Woohoo! We don't have our tickets yet, and I'll explain that why. Okay, we'll get them. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll talk about that. That's fine. Uh, Falcon, though, in the comics, you know. Having a, you know, he was like, the, in my my that opinion, pretty cool. the Even first the African too. American, you know, sidekick that I could yeah. think of, you know, before he got his own run he's too. A t- he's a tough guy. Yeah, the the Falcon portrayed in, you know, Not. we've seen him in Winter Soldier, Avengers, in um, Ultron, and we saw him a little bit in Ant Man too. Mm-hmm. So it, it, right, I yeah. think he's doing a great job. You know, Falcon's always, you know, I was like, yeah, when he like flew down. Yeah, was I pretty like, amped in Ant Man. Like he, yeah, that he like you know helps Cap and teaches him about pop culture and also like, yeah, that's gives great. Him, like a friendship besides you know uh, his friendship with Black Widow, which is also really right. Cool. Yeah, but, it was you know it was cool to see like Captain America is the man at you know at the time and and to see him like yeah. get a, like a bestie like that was just, it was it was heartwarming. Yeah, he's a Winter nice. Soldier. 
I've never heard one person talk about The Winter Soldier being a bad movie. No, it's, it's so good. Movie. And I love that Cap and, and, you know, Black Widow are so close, and also the Black Widow is besties with Hawkeye, because my bestie's a dude, too, and they don't always portray that in, you know, pop culture. Should we pound it? Pound Boom! it. Boom! <laughs> Let's go back to Star Wars for a little. So in Force Awakens, we're introduced yeah. to Poe and BB-8. Yep. BB-8 is loyal, like his dog. Like, yeah, really he, is. he loves him. You know? That's his sidekick. He's so excited when he sees him back like, on the airfield and he's alive. And yeah. He's totally sad when he thinks he's gone. Right. And he, you know, hops right in to, to pose, you know, X-Wing and mm-hmm. and fights with him. And, yeah. You know, and it's it's a really lovely sort of foil to uh, Luke and R2. Luke and R2, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Luke and R2, so. we definitely see that more in, in Empire. Well, I guess in, in A New Hope, you know, he brings R2 with it, because they're like, do you, know, do you want a new R2 unit? Right. He's like, no, this one and I, and I have been through a lot together. Right, and part of what your sidekick is supposed to do is sort of, like, spur you on to be a hero, so if it was not for R2 going out to find Obi-Wan, Luke would yeah. have never been able to realize that he yeah. could be a hero. Yeah. And then R2 also is with him when he trains on Dagobah, yes. and goes into battles with him, and then he... Right now, you know, he was kind of like low power mode. Low power because Luke wasn't around, and yeah. he was like, "I don't, I don't have my hero to, you know, spur on right That's now." That's a good point. So, and when the possibility of finding Luke arrived again, pop, boom, there what's goes up? R2 I'm saying, back, besties. Let's find him. Let's go get him. So yeah, you know, the Poe and BB-8 and R2 and, and Luke, you know, we, that that was great. Um, sticking in Star Wars, no, we'll come back to Grand Moff Tarkin and Vader in a little bit. Yeah, we have to talk about the bad guys in a little bit. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is totally awesome. spoiler alert. And it's if you a didn't metal. See the first episode of the season. Right, so this is season six. Yeah, I think so. I think. I think so. I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't. I'm bad with numbers and stuff like that. You're bad with numbers. I'm actually really good with numbers. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna Kristen say. Kristen is. I'm the one that hates numbers. <laughs> It's so, not my fault. It's because when I was a kid, everyone always told me I was bad at math, and then I developed a complex. And it's not really true, actually. I'm not bad at my math. My kid's got some, like, you know, learning, like, little problem, like, problem-solving books. You want to, you guys want to we'll teach a class? I'm going to smack you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Brienne and Podrick, which I am so amped about. Because, so, Podrick, you know, Tyrion sends him to go and be with Brienne while she goes on her quest to try to, you know, save save the remaining star kids from destruction. Um, and she took him on reluctantly. She didn't really want Podrick with her to begin with. She was kept trying to get rid of him and kept trying to discourage him. But I think he lends legitimacy to her because a knight has to have a squire. That's and a she's a woman, and so people are always trying to knock her down and treat her like she's not a knight. But she's the most badass, brave knight I've ever seen. That's I love right. me some Brienne. And Podrick fights alongside her. He encourages her yeah. when she feels like she can't do it anymore. Like she's not, you know, good enough to to keep going. He believes in her and he respects her. And um, I love watching the two of them. I was, I stood up and cheered at the first episode of the season when she showed did up you? to save. Yeah, I didn't I did. watch it with you. you I got was up? in my living room. I jumped up off my couch and I was like, Yeah, Brienne and Pod. Nice. Yeah, That's I was awesome. super excited. I even rewound it so I could watch it again because I was so excited watching. That was her awesome. Be a hero. That was such. Yeah, like, was I almost wish the episode would have opened with that. Me too. That was because that was just part. so. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awesome. But anyway, so Brienne and Pod, they're a good team. I'm gonna talk about. Tyrion. And then, um, oh yeah, and then so we got Tyrion and Varys were back together again. Um, that started at the end of last uh, 
season and in the beginning of last season too they were together um but basically you know so Tyrion is you know Mr. Badass rich kid um part of a royal family that he was rejected from and hated being a part of and Varys uh was kidnapped as a child and had horrible things done to him so now he is a eunuch um but he also is incredibly smart very tricky a good listener and He's got like the pop schemer. culture know-how of of Westeros, you know. Oh yeah, he knows yeah. everything that's going on, and he he's the TMZ is, of. Uh... Yeah, he totally is, and he's Tyrion's sort of like total sidekick. He, you know, he gets him out of trouble. He saved him when Tyrion killed his dad and had to get out of town really fast. Yeah, that was. And awesome. now he's yeah. supporting him in his support of Daenerys because they both sort of want her to come back and kick the butt of Tyrion's annoying incestual sister and brother who are. Right now, you know, ruling King's Landing with, I think, their one remaining child, I think. Yeah. Messed up. He's gone. Mm hmm. So, uh, it's really cool seeing those two together. I love how they tease each other. Um, and yeah. they're both so smart, and, you know, you just are excited to see what schemes they're going to come up with next. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's solid watching those two. Yeah. yeah it's it's great. Realsies. Let's Let's switch it up. And talk, go cartoon for a second here. Mm-hmm. Talk about Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit so, are so awesome. When we were when we decided to include Wallace and Gromit on here, you uh, can you recreate what you, what you said to me? How Gromit sure, is so the Gromit is the smart one, even though he's the dog. Wallace right. is obviously the, the human, inventor, and the inventor, but he's always inventing things that become disasters, and then Gromit gets him I out love of those trouble. Pants that he's like walking around. With I know sleeping, it's yeah. so funny and sweet. Um, they're Evil just penguin. really lovely. Yeah, the evil penguin Sorry, feathers Janine. feathers McGraw, <laughs> and uh, the the were the were what was that the were rabbit right? Yeah, the were rabbit. Yeah, that right. was a yeah. great great movie too. But yeah, you know, and and so it's kind of hard to tell which one's the sidekick here, right? Because technically it's supposed to be Gromit is Wallace the sidekick, but we all know Gromit's the smart he one. He saves the day. And he's always trying to protect Wallace from himself. Um, but those are really fun. So Indiana Jones. Had had short round and oh, yeah. it, I always thought short round was always kind of like a oddly placed character. But he needed a sidekick. But it was like nineteen eighty nineteen eighty six, right? It was yeah. post. It's like buddy cop movie. It was post Jedi when they when the second Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. came out, I think. And like, yeah, I um being you know I was like six or seven when I saw it. So like you know, I was amped that there was a kid in Indiana Jones. Oh, you know, that yeah. was that was my thing. You know, that was that, that was great. Yeah, it was absolutely someone that you could relate to as a little one watching. I loved Indiana Jones when I was a kid too, and it was cool to see like a kid being on an adventure with Indy. Um, and he, he's a like tough little kid. You know, you don't really know what, what happened, happened to Doctor Jones. Yeah, what happened a little short round in his short life, but. You know, he jumps right into the action. He saves Indy when Indy, you know, gets in that brain fog from eating the heart and yeah. being drugged out by those those crazy he's, dudes. Yeah, the poison in the, in and, the beginning. Uh, and he smacks that. him in the face and he's like, come on, Dr. Jones! <laughs> I like me some short round. Yeah, short round's a really good time. And he definitely supports and helps Indy when he needs him and, you know, keeps him going. Unlike that horrible Shia LaBeouf in the Crystal Skull. Just no. wanted to punch him in no, the face. No, no, I don't what want to punch thinking? people that look like Shia LaBeouf in the face, though, unlike people on the New York subway system. But, but kind of, <laughs> I kind of applaud the guy who did it, though, because, like, that's what you should do if you see Shia Wait, no, no violence, <laughs> no, no, guy, no violence. That guy wasn't Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but it lo- I thought it looked like him. You don't think it looked like him. Not enough to punch him in the face. This week, if you missed it, this week there was a guy on the New York subway system that punched a guy who 
he thought was Shia LaBeouf in the he, face. He punched him in the face and said, this is because you look like Shia LaBeouf. Oh, is that way he did The guy was like, yeah. what happened? He's like, did that guy just say he punched me because I look like Shia LaBeouf? And a bunch of bystanders were like, yeah, he, he totally he said totally that. He totally did. Yeah. <laughs> Short round is great. Now, anyway, yeah. Now we're, we're, we're going to talk about some villain and sidekicks. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. we're going to talk about uh, a duo that is teetering on the edge. Yeah, I mean, so like in Breaking Bad, uh, which is not a sci-fi show, but it's I feel like I feel show. like sci-fi fans can get behind Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, I feel I love like Breaking Bad. I feel like it applies to so many people. There's some science in it, you know. They make a magical form of crystal meth that doesn't exist in the real world. They're you know blue blue crystals that are okay. somehow more magical than regular crystal meth. Which I don't know anything about crystal meth, to be honest with you. I have no interest in doing it. Should we I go find it's out? It's made out of rat poison. I'm just kidding. That's not, um, yeah, that was, that was just my joke. No. So Walter and Jesse, right? Walter. So Walter, Walter is the anti-hero. Yes. Jesse is definitely the sidekick. sidekick. Jesse will do whatever Walt says for yeah. the most part. Yeah. You know, Even when he says he's not going to, he ends up doing whatever exactly like, Walter wants him to do, including at the end leaving mm-hmm. because yeah. Walter knows he's not. Right, I'm gonna make it. No, um, but yeah, I I love them. I, I love the I, dynamic between the because yeah, Jesse was so dumb in the beginning, right? And Walter, obviously, he had a plan. Yes, and he and you know, and it's very interesting because in the beginning, you know, you sort of think Walter's the good guy because he's just a straight laced school teacher, and Jesse's a bad guy because he's like a drug dealer. But actually, as you get into the characters, Jesse's the one that has like the biggest heart and is really caring about other people. He and just, Walt is the one that goes Walt off the deep the end. That was, that was kind of really evil. Always. I am the one who knocks. Yes, yes. my favorite. All right, sticking. Uh, now let's go. Let's go full baddie. Yeah. You gotta. You know. You wouldn't have your Voldemort back if it wasn't for uh, Mr. Wormtaily. Ooh, he was so evil. Yeah. That oh man, great. when he shows name? up in the Prisoner of Azkaban, um, Timothy Spalding. Yeah, he's always great. He. Oh yeah, he's so creepy. He yeah. plays. He plays Alan Rickman's sidekick in um in um Sweeney Todd as well, and he's oh, extremely that? Okay. creepy in that as mm-hmm. well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys that just always looks gross and and just. He, you have to imagine he's thinking of like the worst things ever, um, no matter you know what I've seen him in, and he's probably like the nicest person in the world, but he really knows how to play like a real yes. scummy, slimy, yeah. Slime. And he's so evil in Harry Potter because you know he he gets Ron to trust him by being his little pet, yeah. And the whole time, you know, he's he's the one that caused Harry's parents to get killed. Um, and he, you know, is a schemer and, and just wants to be a part of the power structure that Lord Valdi thinks is creating. And he has no loyalty to anyone. Um, Voldemort never really thanks him. No, well, Voldemort doesn't thank anybody because Voldemort don't give a <laughs> Voldemort only cares about Voldemort. That is it. And it doesn't matter how loyal people are to him. He really doesn't care about anybody but himself. And I think he makes that very clear. And yeah, he does give Wormtail back a little paw. When he takes his hand. Yeah, um, that's right. It gives him a paw. Yeah. But, yeah, but, uh, it's, you know, but then the, the hand turns on him at the end. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, Sticking. they're good. They're good, you know, because Wormtail will do anything to get Valdi back, um, at full power, mm-hmm. no matter who he has to screw over to have right. it happen. And on that note, we can talk about Warm Tongue and Saruman. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, here we're, we're corrupting the king. Yeah, that king was a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, he was a hot mess. 
Well, he wasn't under his own. He was being controlled. Right. Being yeah. Puppeted. You yeah, know. But he was total hot mess. Nobody really. You know, people are kind of like, you know, maybe something's wrong with him. He's acting kind of weird. About, being kind yeah, of gross. Yeah. But you know, uh, to the warm stuff. tongue was was under the impression of you know Sarnon's going to come back and rule the world and. Yep. The shadow of darkness and get the ring and, and, and all these things. Yep. And the magical eye. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we kind of, we see pretty much the same thing, you know, there to just kind of like, you know, control and corrupt mm-hmm. as far as the, the, Do the, the sidekick the of their, of their evil master, pretty much. Let's swing back to the uh, Game of Thrones here to talk about baddies. Cersei. Cersei and her little buddy, the mountain. Little buddy, ha, he's huge. He's a wicked huge. He's an evil, giant beastie, and he does Cersei's bidding, including killing people um, and squashing a man's head. It's highly unpleasant. But now, if you think about, like, so you got Cersei and Jaime. Mm-hmm. Is, is, are they co, or is one, is Jaime the sidekick? Which is what... You know, no, that's I think they're both. I are think they both? they're both equals. You know, because like they they both are ambitious. Um, obviously, Jamie's a little bit less so since he lost his paw. Yeah, but his um, dominant you know, too, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Cersei was really a pawn of her father, <coughs> than, even more so than Jamie was, because you know he made her marry the king so that you know they could be at King's Landing, but he didn't really care about Cersei at all. You know, he cared about Jamie and wanted him to do well, but. And then when Jamie lost his hand, he was kind of like, "Ah, heck with you. Yeah. You incestual jerk. So that's a good point. Yeah. That was just something I thought well, of. Yeah, no. We're, we're sitting, yeah, that was I think the mountain's meditated. definitely Cersei's sidekick yeah. because he doesn't really have his own sort of like ambitions or plans. He just does what Cersei wants him to do and he likes killing people. That's fun for him. So that's what he will do. Now he's like kind of Frankenstein. Yeah. Because he, he died, but then he came back and now he's like... You know, helping her out after she got away from the high sparrow and his shame none. She's the best sidekick. Shame. 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 Maybe <laughs> when we reach the end of the end of this year, we'll have a shame none podcast where we talk about stuff we shamed throughout the year. For example, Batman versus Superman. Shame. 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 Alright, uh, moving along, Jane, we'll talk about some other evil sidekicks. You want to so talk about have, your favorite sure, kid movie I lo- there? I love The Little Mermaid, and um, The Little Mermaid wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't for Ursula, the horrible, wicked sea witch, who is gigantic and purple, and her She's two an octopus, amazing... She? Yes, yeah. she was. Um, her two amazing sidekicks, the eels, Flotsam and Jetsam, mm. who just delight in every evil thing that she does. And <laughs> enjoy watching her destroy people's lives yeah. and, and trick people and, and be wicked and selfish and fabulous. She's quite fabulous. So, Flotsam and Jetsam, they're a good time. Good. They're creepy with their yellow eyes. Good, good. I, I want to think about, you know, Mini-Me. Yep. Are they, are they are they doing another? There was rumor of a, a fourth awesome power movie. I don't know. I mean, so Mike Myers got divorced, so he probably has to pay um, some alimony. So he probably will end up doing another Austin Powers, whether or not you know he's really amped about that. Um, oh, here we go. But yeah, it looks like there will be another one. It was but, updated this January about being in production. That can mean anything from. Oh. Are we really going to do this, too? Oh, look, we've already got some scenes developed here. We don't have a cast. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Austin Powers 4 may be a prequel to the 1997 film. It takes place before Austin was frozen in 1967. But this is all speculation. Yeah. So, probably, I'm just going to say no. Yeah, I don't know if that's really going to happen. But anyway, Mini-Me... But Mini-Me is a clone. That, Mini-Me is a tiny clone right. of Dr. Evil. You know, and then he, and but his sidekickness is that... He pretty much does whatever Doctor Evil does. Yes, and then he gets in a fight in, in space with and Austin then, Powers. And he, and he bites people. Uh-huh. He bites. Oh yeah, he, he bites. He, he bites, bites people. Nom. Nom. Nom, 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 nom. But then in three, he kind of becomes like Austin's sidekick for a little bit. Right. Yes. When he's like angry at Doctor Evil. Mm-hmm. So, but but that's all his role is to just be a sidekick and and help with. Well, the that's hijinks. what we're talking about here. We sure are. And that's you know who else is a sidekick? What the heck is the name of that tiny thing? That was following Marlon Brando around. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Now that's a sidekick. It's bad enough you made me watch it again. One. <laughs> it's bad enough we talked about the Island Dr. Monroe last week. Wearing their matching moo-moos. <laughs> I almost think Val Kilmer is more of the sidekick to Marlon Brando. Because when Marlon Brando kicks it, Val Kilmer's like, you know, dressed like him. He's got the makeup on like yeah, him. He's talking, talking like, like him. him. That was really creepy. Whatever you do, Val Kilmer has do not shoes. watch The Island of Dr. Monroe again just because we're talking about it. Remember, it's a bad movie. It's we don't terrible. condone watching it. It's so weird. It's not a good idea to do this. Just whatever you do, it's free on... Showtime. But don't. Yeah, but yeah, don't. don't. There's got to be better Showtime subscribers time. went up tenfold this week as it was announced that the island of Dr. Monroe was free on it. No. No, I don't want to be <laughs> responsible for this. It. Yeah. Okay, so Vader let's... Thulis. Yipes. Let's come back over to the light. Okay. Oh, no, we didn't talk about Vader and, and Grandma Tarkin. So, oh, yeah, Grandma yeah. Tarkin is like... Like, Vader's like his bitch. Oh, yeah, for real. I feel bitch, like... Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, like... Yeah, Grandma talking to him because they're like, oh, we analyzed their attack problem. And obviously, Vader didn't say this, and you know, we found a weakness. And he's like, what? Those Viders can't destroy the Death Star. What are you talking about? Grandma talking was full of himself. Oh, totally. And Vader was, you know, was there, like, you know, because he's like, you know, release him, Vader, and, and Vader just did whatever he said, you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, Vader was Tarkin's sidekick. Right. And then we get introduced yeah, it's an, to the. It's interesting watching them again as an adult and sort of trying to figure out the power structure. Because obviously, when I was a little kid, like, you just think it's like Vader's the man until yeah. you see the Emperor. And then it's like, oops, wait, Right, because that's what they get at. In, em- in, in but... Empire, we meet the Emperor, yeah. which we had no idea. There's no mention of the Emperor, I think, in A New Hope at all. No. And then, you know, we see the Emperor, and so the Vi- Vader is definitely. The Emperor's sidekick, and then in the prequels, we get under the impression that Vader is the Emperor's sidekick. Always, yeah. Pretty much that he just from always, the beginning. Yeah, followed yeah. him around. But it's like, but it's like you know, when you watch them again, it, there's an interesting power structure with like the generals and stuff. Because we were tr- even trying to figure out before we got on the podcast, like Kylo Ren and Hux. Like, yeah, we were trying to figure who is this out. Who's sidekick? I don't know, because sometimes it seems like Hux has more authority than Kylo, but at the same time, like, Snoke is definitely trying to train Kylo, and I don't think he's trying to train Hux. Like, I think Hux is just a straight-up Because Hux general. gives the speech. It's not... That's what made yeah. me think that Hux was running right. Starkiller base. Yeah, because, you know, he definitely gets to be, like, the voice, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of interesting to try to figure out, you know, obviously Snoke is the most important, so he's like the leader. But between the two of them, I don't know. And how old is know. is Snoke with the scar and his grill? Like, yeah, jacked up man. He's got like you know some sort of necrosis going on on the yeah. side of his face. There, got some holes going. Like, woo! Yeah, he's a hot mess. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. 
Um, all right. So, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is a great movie. Yes. And we gave Bill, Bill and Ted... Bill and Ted are probably each other's sidekicks. But yeah, they yeah, they're, they're have, a dynamic duo. Yeah, they are. But getting... They definitely got a sidekick of the Grim Reaper in Bogus Journey. Yeah, the Grim Reaper. And they just added time. Bogus Journey to streaming on Netflix, which is and awesome. And they're doing a new Bill it, and Ted's I just heard the other day. Alex Winter <sighs> and Keanu Reeves are coming back to do it again. Is it? Is it so, happening, though? Is I it, think like, it is, and I love those two. I'll definitely watch them. They crack me up. But yeah, so the Grim Reaper is a really good sort of comic relief. You know, they're trying to trick him out of, um, you know, letting them come back to life. Um, they're trying to trick him out of uh, keeping them on the side of death. And so they play, you know, Battleship and Twister and all kinds of things, and then they give him a Nelson and run away from him. Um, but he, you know, gets to be a part of the band, and he's really funny, and um, he's a good time. I think he's a, he's a great sidekick. He definitely adds a lot to uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. A remake? What? We're trying to figure out what's going on with Bill and Ted. Yeah, I don't know. I just I saw know. something on Facebook the other day, and it had Keanu and Alex. What was the source? I don't know, but it was a picture of the two of them, like, you know, in a sound studio, talking uh-huh. about that they were going to do a new one, so. I'll go see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I love those guys. They Even if it's not. bad, it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So coming back over, back over to the, the light side here, um, the, both kick-ass movies I really enjoyed. They oh, were yeah, fun. Mm-hmm. Even though we constantly say Nicolas Cage ruins everything, he kicks it pretty quick in the beginning of, of Kick-Ass, yeah, you know? that's true. He didn't, he didn't have enough time to stick around and ruin things. Right. He actually he was really does. good in the movie, which was... He is a good actor. It's like, when else? Mostly he's crazy. Moonstruck. Um, he was really good in Moonstruck. Yeah. When he's the guy with the wooden hand. Yeah. It's pretty funny in that movie. Okay. But and the, and the test footage for that, the Superman, you ever see that? Like the documentary about, about when um, he was going to be I Superman? I am aware that it exists, but no, I've never it actually watched it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, so, uh, the Hit dynamic girl. of Hit Girl and Kick Ass, thank you. I yeah. totally, like, flubbed that. So, you know, Kick-Ass, he's trying to be the center of the stage, but it's right. totally Hit-Girl is the one that's... Because she's actually the one that's trained, trained from the time properly. she's little yeah. to be, kick people's butts for real. And yeah. she's tough and, and strong and, you know, she's ready to go. And in the second one, you know, she's a little she's a little lost. Well, without um, her dad, without yeah. Without her dad, but she still brings it. And she's a lot of fun to watch. Little Chloe Grace Moritz. So we have... We have our three last ones are ones that are, are near and dear to our hearts. We're going to talk about so, yeah. Ron and Hermione yeah. being Harry's sidekick. And Harry's only the leader of that ragtag bunch because of He's his fate. One. Yeah, his chosen one. Because, you know, in the beginning, like, Hermione is a much... And she's always been... She's, like, a much better witch than, oh, than yeah. him. And she's the smartest of them all. Ron and Ron's is, probably the bravest, Ron I think. Is, yeah. And the most loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harry's just, he, he has this destiny that he has to go up against Voldemort. Yeah. Because he is the Horcrux. Sorry. Pretty Spoiler much. alert. Spoiler alert. Again. <laughs> you did you. it on me. You <laughs> took my joke on me. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen the end of Harry Potter yet, or read the books, sorry. but uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so he has that destiny, but. Wait, hold on. Vader is Luke's father? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Did you hear someone got someone got their butt kicked at the movies because they came out of the new Star Wars movie and talked about how Han Solo died? Mm-hmm. And all these people in line like beat the crap out of this dude. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Well deserved. No, I didn't hear that. Um Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. So okay. Ron and Hermione. Ron, we, there's not Ron there's not Hermione much else to say great. there. 
Sam. Friends. Yeah, so Sam and to Frodo. Frodo. So, yeah. you know, Frodo, he gets so lost on the quest. Yeah, because, because you know, like, when Harry has to wear some of the Horcruxes, it takes part of, yeah. you know, your life out of you. And yeah. so when Frodo is carrying the ring around... It's getting heavy. You know, he's, he's strong enough to do it, but at the end, just barely, you know, it's it's starting to turn him. It turned um, him right at the end. Yeah. You know, until Gollum bit his it. finger off. Right. Yeah. Because you know, spoiler alert. Yeah, with Gollum, <laughs> you know that that um that they are susceptible to the ring's powers. Yeah, they totally. might be able to withstand it better than the elves or humans. Right, but they yeah, are Gollum still susceptible. Was, uh, he was a hobbit too. Yeah, he had been right? yeah, until he and got all wasted. Long life. But Sam, Sam was always there, like you know, let me hold it, let me help you. He never was corrupted you. by it, and Sam yeah. gets the ring. He starts kicking ass, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and he just, he loves Frodo. He's never going to let him go through no. this by himself. Yeah, he's there Even to the end. Sam was happy being in the Shire and, you know, he wanted to marry that little barmaid lady, which Man, he, he does. does when he gets he back. He gets back, but he Ooh. wasn't going to leave Frodo <laughs> to go through this by himself. And right. he didn't, he wasn't causing trouble like Mary and Took. Um, you know, he he really wanted to, like, be there and help, and he was taking it seriously that right. he had to get him... Sam is the idea... Sam and Chewie are my favorite sidekicks on yes, this list that we I did agree. today. And my dog has both of their names. Sam has both of their names. <laughs> Sam has... Yeah, he's, he's, he's Samwise Brody love, Chewbacca. I totally so. was crying at the end of um the Lord of the Rings movies. When I think we all cried. Yeah, Frodo says, you know, that he's glad to... Well, Sam says to Frodo that he's glad to be there. It's like you cry. always, like they forever, just love each other. They have each other's back. Friend. They're not gonna. They're, yeah, they're not gonna let each other. You know. Well, at the end there, Frodo himself. was like, "Screw you, the ring's mine, buddy." He was, but that's because you know at that point it had it had taken so much from him, and he even you know he got attacked by that spider. I mean, Frodo yeah. was a hot mess. Yeah, it was. And then he never gets his mojo back. No, he doesn't. You know, that's why he leaves Middle Earth. Yeah, he with Gandalf. goes off with Gandalf, and you know. So our Sam final, our final one to talk about today is something that we can't figure out: who's the hero and who's the sidekick. We're talking Back to the Future, and we're talking Doc and Marty because Marty. Marty wouldn't have the adventure if it wasn't for Doc, but right. Doc would be dead if it wasn't for Marty. And yeah, and Doc is sort of the one that comes up with the whole scheme, but then Marty's the one that becomes the hero because, because he got involved. Because he got involved. Because yeah. so in two, so in one, you know, it's kind of like Doc's plan, and Marty's like the sidekick that has to go back in time and save Doc. Right. But now, in two. What happens is that now Marty's stuck. He's stuck in the past, and so he's kind of telling Do- the Doc from nineteen six. Oh, jeez, I just lost the. Where did they go back to? Sixty-seven. No, that's no, a different movie. Yeah, in the first one, they go back to when nineteen fifty-five. Marty's nineteen fifty-five together. Yes, yeah. nineteen fifty-five. In the second one, they go to the future. But then Marty's they have to go kids. back. Yeah, kids, the kids, Marty. The kids. But when they <laughs> well, when they go back, I feel like. Marty's the hero, and Doc is the sidekick in that case, mm-hmm. because, you know, Marty's got to tell him about the flux capacitor, and, you know, the clock tower, and all these things to, you know, generate the gigawatts. Gigawatts! No. I think both gigawatts. and Doc are heroic. You think they're both heroic? Because... And they're both each other's sidekick. And then in three... It's kind of cool. It's a cool dynamic. You, w- I couldn't see the movie existing without... So you're not saying that they are... Each other. They are not. I think they're both. I think they're a confusing conundrum. Mm. Because so, technically, I would say Marty is most of the time the hero, so that make Doc the sidekick. But at the same time, like it, 
this it's really Doc's show, and Marty's just along for the ride. So, so tell us what you think. Tell us on Twitter mm-hmm. at Les Gum L E S G U M B. Tell us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash prison dad. Mm-hmm. Email us, yep. uh, mm-hmm. lesgum at gmail.com. Go to our website, prisondad.com, and go to the contact section and, and yeah, fill out the we, form. I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah, tell us. Who's, who's the hero and who's the sidekick? Who's the hero and who's the sidekick in Back to the Future? And we'll, we'll either do a mini cast Wednesday and with the results, or we'll post them on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. We hear from you guys something fast. I know, you know people are a little bit behind. It seems like sometimes it's listening. like a week to two weeks to, and, to catch up. And, you know, as always, if anybody feels that we've missed out on any sidekicks, duos, let us know. Yeah, um, hit us up. My sister's usually pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> calling stuff out that I'm like, don't! Don't! I got it! <laughs> so, until next week, check out our four books. PrisonDad.com, science yeah, fiction comedy. Four books. Four books. Pretty amazing. Yeah, let's go write some more. I know. Check out our other podcasts. And um, hey, come see us. I think we're doing, uh, yes. doing a book fest. Oh, that's, that is good to, yeah. to to check that out. So it's May, on this month. May 21st at the Gaithersburg Book Fest. Yeah. In Gaithersburg, Maryland. I'm pulling up the details now. Yes, the 21st. Gaithersburg Book Fest. Uh, we will be around from twelve to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, look yeah. for us at the Chessie Con table. Yeah, for sure. We'll We're be there with, with some other friends. I think Harrison will be there probably. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be good to see. Um, yeah. And some other some other uh, friends. Joe obviously will yeah. be there. Great. So um, talk to us about podcasts. Talk to us about books. Yeah, come talk to check us. We'll us sign out. your come we'll sign your copies we'll sign of the your book. Dads, yeah. We'll sign your Kindles. And if you have ideas for podcasts or any fun things like that, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Definitely. All right. May the force be with you and... um, Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe. I thought it was classy. Stay classy, too. Do that.